0: When you choose hope, all threats are loosed. When you choose hope, all threats are loosed. Let's be honest, y'all. Our world's in a little bit of mess, right? Let's be honest. You guys know this, the church knows this, the world may not know it yet, but they need Jesus, right? Like, remember how all this kind of started? You remember when Killer Bees was the thing? Remember, that was like, that seemed like three years ago. But then the COVID hit, and then it started taking away some of our things that, that caused us to be so happy, right? Like school, job, you know, and our spurs. Hello, San Antonio. Don't mess with our spurs. Don't take our spurs away. You can take all of our food and money, but don't take away the spurs, right? But then things really got crazy, right? Like all the civil unrest and Uh, the injustice and the hurt and the pain that is so real and things that you have seen and watched on media and social media and things that you have said on social media and people are getting upset and hurt and offended and you've gotten upset hurt and offended and it's like you're in a no-win situation right let's just talk about the elephant in the room like if you say anything that you're for our african-american community then you're somehow disloyal to police officers and if you show your support for our first responders somehow you're not sympathetic towards our black community. And it's like, you can't win. And there's all this tension and struggle. And you know, in the last days, it says that many will be offended and there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain right now, but our hope is in Jesus. When you choose to put your hope in Jesus, the world is a little bit shaken, right? It's a lot shaken right now, but how many of you know, we belong to a King that's part of an unshakable kingdom we put our trust in him, we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm so glad you're here because June 7th, write it down, for many of you, it's going to be one epic day because you're going to be set free from some strongholds in your life. Some of you are going to be set free and get right with God. Some of you who planned on not being baptized today are going to go outside after the end of the service and you're going to get baptized. We've had 26 people already get baptized in water today. It's crazy. Praise the Lord. Our friends are surrendering their life to Jesus and hourly showing what's going on on the inside. And every one of those numbers has a name and has, every name has a story. Kim and PJ were new, newly, they newly gave their life to the Lord and they were watching church online. Didn't plan on coming to church today, but by the end of this service and they responded to this response, they cat in their car, came to church and Kim got baptized in water. Isn't that incredible? Praise the Lord. Like, this is exciting. This is an incredible day, and it's so good to see all of you here. More of you are are coming back. Welcome back home. Welcome back to church. It's good to see you. Those of you who are online, it's great to have you join us. And we know the day is going to come where you're going to return and feel comfortable as well. Turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. We're continuing our series, and we're exploring what can happen when people are yielded to the Spirit of God, they're baptized in the Spirit. What were once very afraid disciples are now empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're bold, they're boldly proclaiming the goodness of Jesus. The Spirit of God is spreading, the gospel is spreading, people's lives are being changed. Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea, and then Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the earth. And so this prophetic word and promise is being fulfilled. And so in Acts chapter eight, we see what's happening in the country of Samaria. Philip the evangelist is preaching the gospel. Many lives are being changed. Scripture says there is great joy in the city. I mean, before there was a lot of hostility, tension, a lot of prejudice, like a Jew would never talk to a Samaritan or a Gentile because of the color of their skin. They were oppressed by the Romans. The Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile. And they just wouldn't talk to each other, wouldn't look at each other. And now we see the gospel being spread and lives are being changed. And it's incredible what's happening as a result. There's great joy. I'm holding on to this. Like, remember how God spoke to us at the beginning of the year? And we sense like, all right, 2020 is going to be known as the year of greater joy. And then look what happened. <laughs> but James says, hey, when you face trials of all kinds, what does he say to do, Mama Lee? rejoice, right? Rejoice, rejoice. And so we're going to rejoice by faith. Let's rejoice. Let's get in our spirit. Like God's going to redeem. There's going to be joy. We're going to rejoice with our brothers and sisters that are getting saved. And God, the time is right for the church of God to stand up strong and, and his kingdom is advancing. And let's be a part of what God is doing. All right. So let's dive into scripture. Verse 26 of Acts chapter eight. As much as God cares about the city, he cares about the individual. And we're gonna discover that, all right? Some of you are watching us online and you feel alone. You feel forgotten. And we want you to know that Jesus says, my eye's on the sparrow, my eye is on you. And you matter, you matter to our church family. Hold on, persevere, endure. Your time is coming. But just sense God's presence with you today. He cares about you, he loves you. And it says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Thank God Philip was listening. Right? He was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and discipleship really comes down to this, listening and obeying. Every day when you wake up, you should be looking forward to spending time in the presence of the Lord, abiding, opening up your Bible saying, God, speak to me today. And then listen to that still small voice. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you. And I want to challenge you every day this week. Wake up and say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me. Now, who and where? Just ask God, who and where? Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. Who is someone I can encourage? Who is someone that I can tell you about? Where do you want me to go? If you're always available to the Lord, he's going to send you. He's going to direct your steps. Don't worry about you thinking it's you or this interval. Just trust the Holy Spirit. And the more you're faithful in the little, you watch what will happen. Right? Paul says in verse 27, So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. Was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Now, I don't really like this translation from the New King James that much because it kind of sounds like the Spirit is telling Philip to go hijack the dude's chariot. And that's not what was happening. The chariot was moving. And he was like, hurry up, go catch up with it and, and be with this man. I've got a purpose. And he didn't know why or the Holy Spirit didn't tell him what to say. He just said, hey, go and, and overtake and be with this chariot. And so Philip was here. And, and what I love about this story in scripture is that we don't see an objection. We don't see Philip hesitating at all. And like, this was a big deal. Remember, the culture is there's a lot of racism, a lot of prejudice between people groups, skin colors, cultures. And we don't see this here whatsoever. And again, remember, this is Samaria. This is the context. And, and Philip doesn't go, you know what? He's a Gentile. Or I, I'm not sure because he's got a different shade of color of skin than I have. We don't see any of that, right? Right. We don't see any objection. And it's very important because racism was real then. Racism is real today, isn't it? You think it's already been taken care of and it's okay, but it's not. Racism is a sin and, and we need to listen and we need to understand and have the hard conversation. We need to talk about it in church. It's being talked about everywhere else, right? And we need to understand that racism has infected and affected the lives of way too many people in America for way too long, and it's got to stop. It's affected the education system. It's affected employment. In every metro city, did you know that for every eight arrests of people who are of color, there's one arrest for the same crime of white people? And that's not right. Maude Aubrey, George Floyd never should have died. Those were evil murders that should not have happened. They were wrong. And we need to listen. We prayed about this as a church family last Sunday, right? And as a result of praying together, man, the Lord gave me such a burden. I was planning on going home after church and taking a nap, but I just felt like there was this dissatisfaction. I was like, Holy Spirit, what were you leading me? And I had a moment like this, arise, go south and go moment. And so I went downtown. I went downtown just to pray. And I went to Travis Park where the night before, you've heard about the protest, a peaceful, wonderful protest turned into violence and destruction. And so I talked to people of, uh, from the African American community and made friends with new people. I didn't tell them I was a pastor. I just listened. I just shut up and listened. And prayer walked and talked to business owners who were boarding up their windows. And I talked to police officers and and listened. And there was just this cry. There's this cry. There's a cry from the black community. It's like, Is like this has been enough already. When will it ever stop? And we need to listen because it's very real. And I and I, I saw the emotion. I I heard the emotion. And I know it's it's tiring being a black person today. And it's gone by the, the system of systematic racism has gone on for so long. And, and there should be no reason why people should have to fear the lives of their children and have to have talks that many of us don't have to have talks about. But we need to listen. We need to understand them and understand where they're going from and to feel the weight and the pain. And the following Tuesday, which is last Tuesday, our staff team met to plan and and worship and pray together. And I just felt like the spirit saying, pause, just pause a button. Don't worry about what you're gonna say and just listen to rejoice with those who rejoice, but to weep with those who weep. And this is a season that we need to mourn with our brothers and sisters of our black community and just really listen. And at the moment, again, we didn't plan any of this. I really feel like we were spirit led. And I just asked everybody who was African-American on our staff to just share from their heart in response and response to what was going on. What do we need to know as a team of leaders? And Toshiba was one of those people who shared from her heart. And as she began to share, I just sensed that this was a word that our church family needed to hear. And you may not know who Toshiba is, but she's been part of our church family for about four years. Belonged to a small group, went through regeneration ministry now as a leader in regeneration, went through H300 trainings, now small group leader, has really served her way to leadership. Many times I'd walk through our, our offices and she would be a volunteer receptionist and talk to people on the phone. She's talked to many of you on the phone and prayed with you and I would see her heart. And, and I was like, hey, mark this girl. One day she's gonna be on our team. And last February we gave her the opportunity and she said yes to join our staff. And so I wanna welcome you. One of our new Gateway staff members, a leader in our church. Uh, uh, she is, Tashiba's on staff. She's obviously African-American, but hey, first of all, she is a fellow sister in Christ that God has given her a word and a voice and we need to listen. So we thank you, we honor you, and we're grateful to listen to what God has put on your heart, Toshiba. Thank you.
1: My name is Toshiba. I have a new life in Christ. I used to live in selfishness, pride, anger, resentment, but because of Jesus, I walk in freedom. I have been made righteous, holy, redeemed, spirit-filled, and full of unspeakable joy. This is the way we introduce ourselves in regeneration. You've probably heard of it. We walk in, we tell perfect strangers about pain, about what we're going through this week, what we've been going through throughout our life. But I want you to imagine those Tuesday nights when Gateway becomes a hospital, that everyone there is pouring out their pain. But there's some of us there that have to deal with all the things I listed prior, but also with the weight of racism daily. So like I said earlier, I don't face racism daily every time I leave my house, but I know some who do. But I'm just gonna speak from my heart, from my perspective. The one thing that binds us in regeneration is the pain that we all go through in our lives, just as human beings. when John asked me on Tuesday to come up and t- share how I felt when I saw George Floyd on the video, I was like, um, okay, um, I will. And I was just, I never said this to him. I was like, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please come tell me what to say, Lord. And um, But then I like, he gave me this piece and I felt the same way when I saw the video as I did when I saw Eric Garner, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, recently Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, remember him, the kid with the hoodie and the Skittles? Tamir Rice, he had a toy gun. Same, I felt pain. Police officers unjustly killed, Chicago, Columbine, church shootings, Sutherland Springs church shootings, Las Vegas shootings, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Maria, Tuskegee trials, Henrietta Lacks story, Emmett Till, Martin Luther King. The same way we all feel when someone we love dies, Is the same way that I felt? It's just grief, my heart aches. I'm mad at God, but I'm also stilled by his peace. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm mad at the enemy and I just have this righteous indignation to stand. Martin Luther King once said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. But when I see black boys and men killed unjustly, it stings a little bit deeper. You see, I have four beautiful brown skin, little boys and a little daughter. And those are the apples of my eyes. And in light of what's going on, it just stings a little bit more when people of color are killed in the streets. Um, The weight of our skin should not be a sin. Mothers in here felt it when that young man cried out for his mom in those streets. There is no way you couldn't feel it. If you're human, you felt that gutturally. So my task today from the Lord is to get you to glorify God with your lives. Combat racism, honestly, by loving your neighbor, befriend black people, and other people of color. We are awesome, y'all. I stand here with a place of humility and understanding, but here's what Proverbs 6, 16 says about this. It says there are six things that God hates, seven he detests. The first is a haughty eye, or an eye that will turn blindly when someone is treated unfairly. It also says a lying tongue, those who would politicize someone's death. The shed of innocent blood, those who will kill without regard to human dignity, we could include human trafficking in that, anything that is unlawful. Those who devise wicked schemes, like the media, who create false narratives to what people of color are like. Also, a person who stirs up conflict in the community, that the peaceful protest then turned to violence and stealing. Don't let that become a distraction, because true. We truly have the peace of God, those who are his, and don't let that divide us. I love being black. I love being a Christian. I too love America. First John 315 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this, we know love, because Jesus laid down his life for us, and we should lay ours down for our brothers. Remember those boys I told you about? I am stricken with grief to know that I have to one day have the talk. And oh how I wish it was puberty that we were talking about. But it's not. It is the the driving while black talk. It is the just make it home safe. It is the comply or you might just die talk. It is I also have the talks that say if God be for you, who can be against you? that you are God's delight, that you are the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. But today and every day I, I give that to Jesus. I trust him with my son's life. I trust God with the protection of my sons. But today I'm gonna put that task in your hands. I give you a charge to love our sons and daughters the way that God loves us. Black lives matter, brown lives matter. White lives matter too. Maybe if the statement was written like this, it'd be more palatable. Black lives should matter because all lives really truly matter to the Lord. Years after being here, one time we had this um, for the one. And it was a beautiful thing. If you written a, a, a person from your family's name on the wall that we had out there, we were praying for the one person in our family to come home to the Lord. Well, I would ask you this week to put that one black family, that brown family, that Asian family, put them as your one in your heart and pray for them. Listen to them. I have a degree in psychology, so I love statistics. I love all things nerd, science, like feed it to me. I'm mm. But statistically speaking, scientifically speaking, It doesn't take a rocket science to show love. It is 100% possible to do. You just need Jesus, humility, open hearts and ears. And so a few practical ways would be to speak up. Of course, against discrimination in your jobs, in your homes, be the example, but also just in generally saying hi. Oftentimes black people walk into a place and we're immediately considered by our skin. We're either ignored or we're considered invisible or the worst, a threat, or people grab their kids or they grab their purse. We are still human. So speak up, say hi, good morning, how are you? Love your neighbor in a real way. Make black friends. If you just have one and you have never been to their home or you never invited them to coffee, you don't have black friends. So meet some, make some your friends. We love you, the community. As a generation, every community, we love family gatherings. We love people. We love each other. Do that. Make that your charge. There's a gift that the Lord gave me and I'm sure he gives you all when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts that he's given me is hearing his voice. And so I want you to close your eyes and hear the words that he's spoken to me over the years and hear them from the Lord. I chose you. I have redeemed you. No. No, ma'am. Say only what I say, don't buy this house, wait, pray, love him, love him harder, love her. Say more, mm, say less, fast, pray, spend time with me. I am your peace, You are daddy's girl. I trust you with my children. I have healed you, speak my word, you will glorify me. And just this week he said, you are my sweet one. Remember that the choice you make for the one to glorify God could mean an eternity to Jesus. Thank you so much and God bless you.
0: Thank you. You're your daddy's girl, but you're our girl as well. And I think all of you would love to just come up here and give to a big hug. And I know we got all that social distancing stuff and you're gonna break a rule, aren't you? All right. I want you to do me a favor and remain standing here for a moment. And I'd like, if you are here today and you're sitting down and you are African-American, I'd like to ask all of our black friends, will you stand to your feet in this very moment, please? If you are of any color, brown, Asian, Latino, come on, I want all of you of color, beautiful color, will you stand to your feet as well? Can I ask all of our police officers if you're here today would you raise your hand and stand up to your feet as well. We are glad that you are here and I want you to know that you are as an important part of our church family as anybody else. We honor you, we need you. You are vital to what the Lord is doing in our church and in our city. And now I would ask that all of you guys who are white, would you show your support if you're feeling my heart, if you're sensing you want to give your support, will you stand to your feet with your brothers and sisters, regardless of color, because the reality is we are all made in the image of God. We all have the same color, and it's the love of God that binds us, that unifies us. Yes, we are in a world that seems to be very divided right now, but let's stand and lead the way. We honor you. We treasure you. We thank you for sharing your voice. We love you, Toshiba. We love every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can go ahead and have a seat. So let's get back to our text in verse 30 of Acts chapter 8. At the Spirit told Philip to go near, how did Philip respond? It says in verse 30, so Philip ran to him. What did Philip do? He ran. He, ran. he took off running, right? I love that. There was, this, there was this person of action. He didn't hesitate. He didn't walk. He ran. He ran, y'all. This was important to him. The Spirit spoke. And he ran with no objection, no hesitation. He was obedient. How many of you know that there is a big difference between being concerned and praying and action? There is a big difference. And God wants people of action, not to just be concerned, but to be people of action. And in the area of racial reconciliation, I wanna charge you as a church family, let's lead the way and be people of action. All right. So I want to expand a little bit more what Teshiba gave us, give you some practical challenges of, of to be people of action. So first take some self inventory. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I may not even be aware of some thoughts, words, attitudes that may have been part of generations before me. Maybe it's apathy or ignorance None of it was with excuse. Just lay it before the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, if there's any area in my life, would you shine that that light and allow me to be convicted? If you've used any words, slurred, if you've given any kind of prejudice or favoritism to someone else because of the color of their skin or a different culture, then just take inventory. All right, just be honest between the Lord. And then repent. This is a, a challenging moment that I'm giving you, but I'm calling you to repentance I'm calling you to search yourself. This past week, I've gone through all the the, the emotions of of anger and sorrow and grief as the Holy Spirit has helped me to understand and feel. I've read the, the Psalms. I've read David's songs of lament, and these emotions are very real. But it's important for these emotions and these concerns to lead us to action, to lead us to change. Repent literally means to change the way you think, change the way that you act. And so I want to encourage you, if you've got any kind of prejudice that you would repent, confess it to the Lord and to change and to change, to to start using any kind of influence or role that you have to, to look out for your brothers and sisters of different color. All right. And I encourage you, those of you who are color, especially our African-American friends right now, that it would be easy in your anger to sin. It's okay to be angry, but don't sin. Don't allow there to be a seed of bitterness that causes you to go down a road that it's hard to recover from. But rather, I encourage you to forgive. To forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Don't be a doormat either. Don't allow systematic... Racism to suppress you to be less than who you are called and created to be. As a son, a daughter of the Lord, that's your identity. And you need to be empowered to, to stand up and to, to serve and, and to fulfill your purpose the way that God has called you to be, amen? So next, we need to expand our soul. This is real practical. I'd ask you to, to, to challenge yourself in what you're listening to, music, shows, movies, the food that you eat. Like I I waited way too long before I discovered my favorite vegetable is collard greens with a little bit of vinegar and bacon in them. If you've never had that, you need to have that. You need to like start expanding your culture, what you eat and listen, I encourage you to this week. Yes, read your Bible every day, but if you haven't watched the movie, Just Mercy, watch it, all right? Expand your soul, it's sensitive and you need to expand your soul. You need to expand your circle of friends. Man, when this happened, I just felt the weight of it. I started calling my friends. I started texting my African-American friends, people I went to college with, pastors in different cities, those in our church family. And I just said, I don't even know what to say if what I'm saying is wrong, but I just want you to know I support you and I love you and I listened. And I just started listening a whole lot more. And I treasure my black friends in my life. And some of you, you heard from Toshiba, go get some black friends, right? Like expand your circle of influence, all right? Next, submit yourself to someone of a different race. Submit yourself of someone of a different race. This will break free any kind of prejudice or stronghold that you may have in your life. I am so grateful for our advisory council. And from day one, we've always made sure that it was diverse and we had different ages and different uh, socioeconomics and just a good representation of our church family and our community. And I'm very intentional listening to every single one of those voices, but I intentionally try to submit to my brother, Abel Atuna. I love him. I love him. And I'm grateful when he has lots of questions, and, but I submit to him I, and we need to submit to each other. It's very, very important. You need to help those who are in need. And some of you think you're just, you're helping by a hashtag or social media post. Those are good. Speak out. But listen, when, when you see injustice, be brave and don't be silent. And I've had to repent of any kind of apathy or being silent before. I wanna to come to the defense of my brothers and sisters when there is injustice. And we need to all do that. The reality is there are bad apples in every bunch. Can we be honest, right? There are bad apples in church ministry. I know we don't wanna say it, but It happens. And there's bad apples in education, in the military, and, and with our first responders. And but let's not label everybody just because there's one or two that that are really evil, right? And so. When we see injustice, wherever you are, wherever God has you, whether it be your neighborhood, your place of employment, whenever you see an injustice, when you see someone oppressed, I want to empower, I want to encourage you to, to stand up, to speak out, to come to the defense, come today. You can do it in a spirit of humility, love. You can be gentle and God will use you. He will help you. He will help you to bring change. And then a final action step, I encourage you to raise your kids to be change agents. Raise your kids. I've got tremendous hope in our next generation. I've been having a whole lot of conversations with my kids. When I went downtown San Antonio last Sunday afternoon, it was important for me to bring my son Bryce. He's 14 years old. I wanted, I wanted him to see and to hear. And as he stood over that George Floyd memorial, I wanted him to feel the weight. And as we prayer walked together, it was important for me to have that moment with him. I've been talking to my daughters all this week about racism and, and I've got hope that they understand what what God's word says and what the what the heart of the Lord is and what is character and nature and how it needs to be our character and nature. And so, and make sure that you model well and have conversations and lead the way with your children. But the real solution is beyond conversations, they're good. Beyond standing up and speaking out, that's good. Our hope is in Jesus, right? And that's what we see in the Bible. In Acts chapter 8 it says in and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And the Ethiopian, he had said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture, which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. The greatest unjust act that has ever happened in our world is when they hung a sinless man named Jesus on the cross. Jesus is fully God, he's fully man. And anyone here who has been hurt and has felt the struggle know that Jesus understands. He can say, Me too. He's felt that pain and that hurt. How many of you are grateful that we serve a God that understands and relates to our weakness and loves us and has been there? Praise the Lord that we have that in Jesus for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked or answered Philip and said, I ask of you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth. We need to be inspired by this, that we need to open up our mouth, right? Primarily about Jesus. And that's what Philip did. He was bold in proclaiming the good news of Jesus. He was a witness and he, in the beginning at scripture, he preached Jesus. I imagine he said, hey, you see uh, this, the sheep that is gone to slaughter, that's an innocent man. And John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God and this prophetic Old Testament word was pointing to Jesus. I imagine he turned to Isaiah 42 and to other prophetic passages and they all pointed to Jesus and he shared his own story. I imagine Philip the evangelist, how God changed his life. And as a result of that conversation, this man surrendered his life to Jesus. How do we know that? Well, look what happened in verse 36. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? I love this because there was a boldness. There was this, this man didn't wait for someone to give him an invitation. I imagine Philip probably talked about Baptism, but scripture doesn't tell us. We just see this hungry heart saying, you know what? There's water. I don't have to wait for a church service. I don't have to wait until I get back home to Ethiopia. There's water right now. Let's go. And so look what happened. It says, and Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Can you imagine that moment? Imagine seeing that, how fired up you'd be. Like, this is the first, this is an African man. And God chose this moment to happen because I believe he became a person of influence. He was already a person of influence, but now spiritually returning to his country. And I believe that the gospel began to spread. We know that later that Thomas, one of the disciples, he too would go to Ethiopia. He too would spread the gospel to Africa. And it happened because of this moment, this person who was faithful Some of you are here today and you have not yet been baptized since you surrendered your life to Jesus. And I would ask you, what hinders you from being baptized in water?